few people know that I am an award-winning cartoonist. I wish I could say it's modesty that keeps me from broadcasting this, but the truth is a little more awkward. When I was in the seventh grade, I had high aspirations of being a professional artist, an ambition that seemed fully endorsed by the universe when it was announced that my school would be holding a cartoon drawing competition. The day the competition was announced, I was so excited, I started my drawing and began writing my acceptance speech, so sure that I was going to win. My subject was a music teacher that I liked, a large woman named Mrs. Black with notable features and an infectious smile. And as I drew her over and over again during the week that followed, I liked to imagine how flattered she would feel when my caricature of her won the competition. In hindsight, I suppose the things that make a good caricature may not be the things we most want to see lampooned by a 13-year-old. I came to that knowledge the hard way. But this is not about Mrs. Black. This is about the insatiable need to compete and compare. I'm David Dushman, and this is episode 19 of A Beautiful Anarchy. Let's talk about it. There's no easy way to put this, so I'll just say it. I won second place in that competition. Not the award I'd been hoping for, but it would have been some consolation had it not been quickly revealed that I was the only kid who had entered. My cartoon was, apparently, so bad that it was beat out by every person that hadn't even bothered to draw one. It was probably that moment that the idea of competition kind of soured for me and I realized the game was rigged. I don't know who gives a kid second place when he's the only one that showed up for the gig, but I hope they got pink eye. I laugh about it now, but it was deflating to me as a kid who was just trying so hard to be himself and find something he was good at. I guess what I really wanted wasn't just to be good, but to be better than, and that's always a dangerous aspiration in something as personal as our creative work. The urge to compete seems to be built into humanity, and if not to compete, then at least to compare we spend a lot of time looking around, looking over our shoulders. We use other people as our points of reference. Humans, it seems, seem to find it very hard, to quote singer-songwriter Bruce Coburn, to love ourselves without thinking someone else holds a lower card. It's built in. Some leftover from a time when our place in the tribe was much more a matter of survival than it is now. It's deep lizard brain stuff, and when this zombie apocalypse finally comes, I'm sure it will help some of us survive. But for right now, that competitive or comparative instinct can prevent us from thriving, from being ourselves, and from making our best work. American poet E.E. E. Cummings had this to say, To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight. Forget the zombies. Our hardest battle is to maintain our individuality when the forces around us and within us seem hell-bent on pushing us into a mold. And when we look at others to see how well we fit, we're not comparing apples to apples, but something more like apples to elephants. Any comparison between the two is meaningless. We know it, but still we persist, comparing our insides to the carefully polished, well-curated outsides of others. I don't know, maybe we're just looking for clues, searching for signs that show us we're on the right track. But they don't. They only show us where we are in relation to someone else's path. Their progress down that road and the apparent direction of that road have nothing to tell us about our own. For all we know, they're backtracking, trying to find their way back to the last place things made sense. Or maybe they're walking in circles. Maybe they're completely miserable. 
Their inner journey cannot be mapped with external vectors, and neither can ours. And we know this, and we get told not to compare ourselves to others, but that the only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. And that sounds wise, and we nod our heads and think, yes, that's very insightful, I should start doing that instead. Unless you're the kind of guy who wins second place when competing against himself, in which case it's not helpful at all. In fact, I think it too is probably toxic because we don't see ourselves any more objectively than we see others. We see failure and fear and secrets held too tight for too long. We see the ghosts of the past and our hopes for the future. But do many of us ever really see ourselves as we are? Probably not. Not only is the mirror all warped like those at a carnival funhouse, but perception depends on what we're looking for and on how we see. And I would argue that most of us are so complex that we're all looking not only at a funhouse mirror, but doing so through a kaleidoscope. What we see there is so jumbled and complex that it's no wonder we revert to the simpler comparisons of us versus them. So what then? Don't compare not with others and not with yourself. Don't look for similarities. Don't look for differences. Don't size yourself up. Don't allow yourself to feel better or worse based on where you are, where you've been, or where others are or are not. Why must we know which rung of the ladder we sit upon? What good does it do any of us? More importantly, what harm does it set us up for? If you're me, plenty. Here's another story. When I was a kid, I was riding my bike, though for reasons that I can only now guess at, I was doing so while looking over my shoulder. Suddenly, I was lying on the ground with a splitting headache looking up at a car. I couldn't believe it. I'd been hit by a car. But when I stood up and shook it off, the car was parked. No driver in sight, just a big head-shaped dent in the back from the kid who rode his bike into it. In hindsight, it seems obvious that I shouldn't have been looking over my shoulder. But if I had been, say, looking at myself in a mirror instead, I still would have hit the car. And in this dodgy metaphor, the former is what happens when we compare ourselves to others. The latter is what happens when we compare ourselves to the image we see of ourselves. Neither should be mistaken for looking forward. So where do we look? Where's forward in this analogy? I'm going to suggest that we look to our work and find meaning in that. Yes, learn from others, but keep your eyes on your work. Don't worry about what others are doing or thinking. Don't concern yourself about their progress at all. One of the ways we can do this is to keep the tension between consumption and creation tilted heavily in favor of making. If we're spending more time on social media or reading or looking at the work of others than we are on our own work, there's a good chance things are pulling in the wrong direction that we're listening to too many voices and they will drown out the most important voice, yours. Which, of course, is why some people spend so much time consuming because the alternative, mud-wrestling the muse and getting our work done, can be hard. We call this time looking at what everyone else is doing, inspiration or research, but I wonder if it's not often just procrastination, a distraction from the one thing that will be sure to improve our work and get it moving in the right direction, and that is doing our work and seeing where it leads. Don't worry about whether you're getting better or doing it right. Don't worry how it measures up, because it doesn't. There is no measure. It's either work you love, work that resonates, work that matters to you, and perhaps eventually to others, or it's not. But it doesn't succeed or fail because it is like or unlike some other thing. 
You do not become a better artist or craftsman or however you see yourself by being more like or different from anyone else. Do your work. Let it challenge you. Get it done. Trust your gut and celebrate the small wins. You're not the only one looking over their shoulders from time to time, hoping to catch a glimpse of yourself in someone else or to find some clarity in the differences. But it might help to remember that the goal, at least for most of us, I think, is not to become like another person or do work that is better than theirs, nor is it to be different from them for the sake of being different. It's not about them at all. It's about you and your work. And as you make your art, it will make you and get you closer to the person you are becoming. No mold, no template, just you. That's how it works. Art and life is not about winning, it's about making and becoming and the meaning that we find there. Compared to that, nothing compares. Thank you so much for joining me here on A Beautiful Anarchy. If you've been enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it and tell the people in your world where to find it. Until next time, go make something beautiful. Beautiful.